on a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults. This is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? Where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. It, there is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm-hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yeah. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 6, Marina Bramovich, The Witch, The Warlock, and Ukraine. I'm your host, PJ Williams, here disappointing my parents yet again with uh, my co-host, Abby Libby. Abby, how are you doing today? I'm good, and I'm so glad that Answered Seder in the chat caught that the title is a Narnia reference. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Somebody gets me. Good job. See, I'm always <laughs> quoting movies, and Abby's quoting C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <Books>. <laughs> So you can tell which one of us is the intellectual and which one's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, we start off tonight. We already have a super chat. Um, I can't see it right now, though. Hold oh. on. From Don't Come Vax on. Me for oh, $5. So It's a fire emoji. Fire. Fire. <laughs> thank you, Don't Vax Me. And thank you for the uh, super chat or whatever you call it tip that you gave us the other night on Locals. Uh, we had a few issues getting it going. But, guys, we can stream <laughs> our unhinged episodes to locals now. So we got accepted into the beta testing. It's uh, we're figuring it out, but we got it working. So uh, we should be uh, not just streaming to Rockfin on Thursday nights, but also to locals as well. So people that are uh, supporting us over on locals don't have to wait till we upload the video. They can actually be there live and be in chat. So talking about that, I just want to give a shout out to our local subscribers. We've got a few new ones this week. Anna Rose Gorman and Cameron belt with uh, new monthly supporters. (laughs) We have Ansley Steele and Doge Trollster with a uh, yearly support over on Locals. And then on Rockfin, we have Answered Seder and Don't Vax Me and an anonymous uh, person on Odyssey. So thank you guys for coming over and supporting the show. Anonymous. It's probably Elon Musk. It's there's, Elon Musk There's for very sure. few other people I can think of that it could be. <laughs> so we're just going to we're just going to assume that until otherwise informed. He wanted to see the episode that we put on Unhinged <laughs> with his name in it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So he can spare five bucks. He can. Well, he can. He, he can. Certainly can. <laughs> I believe he can. Yeah, for sure. He can so, take it out of the eight. I'm paying him a month or whatever it is now on Twitter. There we go. There we go. So what uh, what are we talking about tonight? I'm excited. We're going to talk about Marina Abramovich. Um, and her ties to Ukraine and some other stuff about Ukraine. But before we do that, I want to acknowledge that we did not all turn into zombies at 220 
or 218. Or anywhere between two and three. Yeah. And, and I didn't turn times. into a zombie, but my I'm wife, sure my wife was very cautious and she, <laughs> I'm not kidding. She took our phones and turned them off and put them in the microwave. She's like, I don't want any chance. And I was like, oh, okay. I think okay. it's silly, but you, you I do was you. <laughs> frankly quite disappointed because I was reliably, not reliably at all, but I was <laughs> informed that no matter what you did, putting your phone on silent, it, silent would not mean that it was silent. I was very excited to like hear the sound and report on it and describe it. And my phone was completely silent. It, it, it popped up with a visual. I was in a staff meeting. We were all prepared for it to be loud and it was not. I'm just disappointed because Zombie Abby giving the show tonight is would content. It would be, be content. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, you all have been deprived of that. And I apologize. I just... Like, I understand people who took precautions. I'm not trying to mock anybody who took precautions. But, like, since when do the bad guys tell you exactly what time they're going to do the thing so that you have a chance to (laughs) guard? Like, really? Yeah. If anything would have happened, like, anything at all, it would have been pretty obvious, like, who and why and what. I I just, that was, like, for me, it just didn't add up. Right. Yeah. Like, my whole opinion on this and the reason I kept my phone completely on and wanted to see it happen was because... If they can do this, they can just do this. Like, they have to tell us what, like, they can just make it go off. It's just going to go off in the middle of the show. Everybody's like over, over the thing, right? Right. We've all turned our phones back on. They're like, ah, 7.37 p.m. That's when the real, that's when the real zombies are coming. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. That was just the test. (laughs) Now they're going to do the real one. Um, Okay. Before we get into it, I really want to pray. Do you mind? No. Yeah. Do you want, you're saying you want me to pray or? Yes, please. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to get into some heavy subjects tonight, guys. So we thought we would just pray with you guys and ask you guys watching and listening along. Just pray with us because uh, this is some dark, dark subject matter, but we'll try to keep it yeah. as, as fun light as we can. So dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you so much for Abby and what a blessing she's been to, to me and, and for this podcast and the community that we've built and uh, for everybody here watching and listening later. Uh, all this has meant so much to us. And we just pray that as we talk about these things that you guide us and direct us, Lord, that you... Uh, Give us the words to say, and you just shine through in everything that we say and do, Lord. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, All right. Let's do it. And protect our technology. And protect our technology. (laughs) Please. P.S. Marina Abramovich. It's spelled Abramovich, but it's pronounced Abramovich. I've heard way too many podcasts get that wrong, so I just want to defend myself right off the bat. (laughs) She's a 76 year old Serbian witch who now lives in New York. And I just want to show you Serbia on a map real quick. Um, Cause I didn't, I don't often know where some of these countries are. Um, I have like a vague notion, but yeah, like I, if I hear the name of a Russian satellite state, I know it's a Russian satellite state, (laughs) but I couldn't tell you which any of these are right. Except for Ukraine at this point. Cause we've all, yeah. Gotten it familiar was with it. P- part of the former Yugoslavia, so it hasn't right. been a lot of the maps that like I learned in geography growing up still had Yugoslavia. So <laughs> that's my wait. Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia is not a country anymore. <laughs> I yeah, c- correct. Okay. Um, See, I didn't know that. I, th- I believe Serbia and Bosnia and Herzegovina and possibly one or two others are what made up. Yugoslavia, but I'm, I'm not an expert. Don't quote me on that. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, when she, she, I'll reference a couple times her memoir. Okay. And she talks about growing up in Yugoslavia, but it was, it is Ser- Serbia. So, uh, wow. Okay. I'm just going to, she's known as the grandmother of performance art. And I'm just going to show you several photos just to give you an idea. These are all fairly popular comment and images, images of her. Um, this one comes up a lot with the bloody goat skull. Um, very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Um, this is her with a lamb. Which I think she should have done it the other way. It's the before and after. But you before did the before after. after the after. But I do like the goat. It seems like she is aware. And I'll show you a little bit more of this. Aware of the Christian symbology and very yeah. happy to completely subvert it. So holding the lamb. Um, I found these ones some of the most creepy of all um, the, her, the ones of her with the lamb. There's more. Um, this is her with a snake crawling all over her face. Or actually, it's two of them, isn't it? Because there's two heads. Oh, yeah. I just noticed that for the first time. I thought it was one snake before. But yeah. Yeah. That is a very big snake to have wrapped around your neck. Mm-hmm. I would not <laughs> for any reason. There are there that. are safer neckties. There are. Yeah. Um, her with a skull. And this isn't the most creepy photo uh, available, but the more famous ones are her completely naked lying underneath a complete skeleton. Um, and that's what I'm not showing you. Okay. <laughs> stand in for that. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like the most tame thing on the show so far. It's just her <laughs> with like, it looks like something out of a, a you know, biology classroom. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Creepy as crap. Her, this, she's got to be using some sort of wires to kind of levitate in this. Um, or does she? It <laughs> <nod laughs> makes yeah, you wonder. For real. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sh- it probably is, but like I, the implication there is like the real magic, right? Right. And yeah. in that nod to all, like every single demon possession movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> does she and have one then, more heads twisted backwards? No, not that I know of. I found this one to be particularly egregious because she's um, doing the pa- paeta um, here, but it's back. It's backwards. And I'll show you. We'll show you the. The actual statue, um, this you know the famous one of I think it's it's Mike, Michelangelo and, and um, Mary is holding Jesus after his the crucifixion down yeah. from the cross. Yeah, um, so just a like a quite a perversion of a very Christian symbol. Yeah, and I, I don't I know you're going place with this, so I don't want to cut off what you're thinking. But like you said, she seems she's knows that she's doing Christian symbolism. And, right. re- and uh, you know, making and it backwards. Yeah. It's very obvious that she does, and I, I, I would guess that she takes a lot of inspiration from Aleister Crowley. And since I've done a lot of Crowley research, mm. uh, if you listen to him talk about his rituals, he's always saying the most complete rituals are the ones that take the most sacred symbols of Christianity and and pervert them completely. Twist completely yeah. pervert them. Yeah, it's a good. So point. it's not. A, it's definitely not an accident. <laughs> I want to show you a couple of the headlines that come up when you search her um, because the media mainstream media has done an incredible amount of work uh, running cover for her. Um, just an insane amount of, of cover. 
Mm-hmm. But there are some things they still say right out loud. Marina Abramovic, this is CNN Entertainment. Marina Abramovic, uh, Abramovic, the sorceress who creates art out of thin air. Correct. Yes. She, she's, a, she's a sorceress. And it's very clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this seems like one of those revelation of the method things where what they're doing is they're saying the thing out loud very openly, plainly black and white text, but you're supposed to, you as the the viewer, listener, reader, whatever, are supposed to think it's tongue in cheek. Right. She's a metaphorical sorcerer. She's an artist. Right, right. You're supposed to think, oh, well, obviously this, this CNN, they don't believe in sorcery and magic and things like right. that. And it's like, <laughs> let's, let's forget like a lot of their people are doing these, th- you know, spirit cooking and stuff like that with Marina Abramovich. They know what they're saying. It's, right. it's, it's literal. Yeah. And then the the second article, Marina Abramovich, I'm an artist, not a Satanist. Doing a really good job of fooling everyone with all of the very Satanic symbolism. But I think what this comes down to is that she's not a Satanist. She's Luciferian in the the sense that she's not a part of the Church of Satan Mm -hmm. because she believes something, I think, bigger and broader than what the kind of the more the, the church of Satan is the, the modern church of Satan in and of itself is a front for people like Marina Abramovich. Because if you, if you go by the definition, like the Wikipedia definition or the, the, there was that documentary that came out. Uh, do you remember what that was called? Did you see it about the modern church of Satan? It came out last year. I didn't watch it. Okay. Uh, I did. I watched it with my wife. And basically the idea is the modern day church of Satan is an atheistic organization that believes in freedom of religion. Like, so when you do, when you have a, a, a cover like this, right. For people to say, well, I'm not a Satanist. I'm not an, I'm not an atheist is what, is what right. I think she's saying for sure. So mm. like we were talking you and me were talking about this the other day and I'm like, yeah, she can say that and not lie to you right? because Satanism is such a narrow like thing, uh, yeah. thing anyway, for sure. So it's not really saying much. It's not saying she's not an occultist. She's not into Luciferian practice. She's just not part of the church of Satan, I think. Right. Yeah. So a little bit of background on her. She grew up under communism in Yugoslavia. Because her parents were prominent leaders in the Communist Party, she grew up very privileged for someone under communism, which is not saying much. Um, But also her parents were evil. So here's a couple quotes from her. My parents were both partisans and national heroes. They were very hardcore and were so busy with their careers that I lived with my grandmother until I was six. Until then, I hardly even knew who my parents were. They were just two strange people who would visit on Saturdays and bring presents. When I was six, my brother was born and I was sent back to my parents. From that point on, my childhood was very unhappy. I grew up with incredible control, discipline, and violence in a home at home. Everything was extreme. My mother never kissed me. When I asked why, she said not to spoil you, of course. She had a bacteriophobia, so she didn't allow me to play with other children out of fear that I might catch a disease. She even washed bananas with detergent. I spent most of my time alone in my room. There were many, many rules. Everything had to be in perfect order. If I slept messily in bed, my mother would make wake me in the middle of the night and order me to sleep straight. So she describes her whole childhood as being very militaristic um, and describes it as if she was, you know, Raised as a soldier as opposed to a a child. Um, This part is very interesting to me, and I want to make a highlight of it. Uh, This was like on page seven of her memoir, very early. She, um, She said, there was a kind of hidden clothes closet in our apartment, a very deep and dark closet. The word in Serbo-Croatian is plakar. 
I was fascinated with this closet and terrified of it. I was not allowed to go inside. Sometimes when I was bad, though, or when my mother or my aunt said I'd been bad, they would lock me in this closet. I was so afraid of the dark. But this placard was filled with ghosts, spiritual presences, luminous beings, shapeless and silent, but not at all frightening. I would talk to them. I felt completely normal. It felt completely normal to me that they were there. They were simply part of my reality, my life. And the moment I turned on the light, they would vanish. Wow. So right off the bat, from a young age, she was incredibly abused and talking to these beings, which is kind of a pattern we see a lot where you have a child who is very mistreated by their parents, very abused, very um, vulnerable. And this is when spirits, aliens, what, however the manifestation is, mm-hmm. starts to uh, latch onto <clears throat> these children. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this with Stephen Greer, right? Like Stephen Greer talks about being raised in an abusive household, starts talking to his imaginary friends. He says aliens, whatever. He's talking to demons, right? And these people, it seems like that's the case over and over and over again, um, that something happens to them very young, and then they look for some type of friendship, and yes. that friendship is coming from demonic entities. And we, I mean, I'm sure it'll come up in the show more. We could get it, you know, if, if we ever get into like Alistair Crowley's childhood at some point, or I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he's one of the guys, the, the, the communists that came over to America and started like messing with the institutions. He had a really demonic childhood too, mm. uh, from the Frankfurt school. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, it's, it's a pattern that I notice over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Marina got into art because, as she said, though my mother punished me for many things, she encouraged me in this one way. Art was holy to her. So Marina's mother um, had her set up with a little art studio, encouraged her to paint. And she, she painted, but that wasn't the thing she wanted that resonated with her the most. She, so she basically invented performance art and -hmm. performance art in her view is not to be confused with acting. So she said, when you perform, it is a knife and your blood. When you act, it is a fake knife and ketchup. So the point there being her stuff is, is real and it's meant to be real. It's intentionally real. Mm hmm. Um, her art is a lot about the darkest parts of human nature, the limits of the human body, the darkest themes you can think of a ton of nudity, which is why I'm not going to show a lot of it. Um, a ton of self-harm blood and violence. Um, there are some art pieces that are like, if you look at the tags on, on the art sites they're on, they'll be tagged like violence, self-harm eroticism like there's there's weird it's it's this weird mix of um kind of this undertone of sexuality with these really really dark themes right yeah um there's a lot of similarities between what she does and alistair crowley's work i heard one source say that she had met alistair crowley when she was younger could not verify that so maybe yes maybe no but it does seem pretty clear that she took a lot of inspiration from his work. And um, I, I've heard that claim by people who both love her and hate her. I've, I've heard the claim too. And I, I'm not saying it's not true. I think it 
very likely is, or if it's not, it's just an urban tale. It's just part of her legend that got thrown right. in. But the the connections between her and Crowley on uh, performance level and belief level are yeah straight line. You can you can see all the influence that she took directly from Crowley. So whether they met or not. I don't. Th- I think that's not really the important part of it. Right. Exactly. But yeah, I, I looked as you asked me to look as well, and I couldn't find any like proof that she had met Crowley as a child. Right. Um, I want to show this article from the Guggenheim that talks about her work a little bit. It's. It's. I want to show you enough of her stuff that you can get an idea of it without making you participate in it the way that she wants you to because Mm -hmm. it gets really dark really fast. So um, the second paragraph here, the tensions between abandonment and control are at the heart of her series of performances known as rhythms, uh, uh, rhythms, 1973 to 1974 in rhythm five, Abramovich, Abramovich lay down inside the blazing frame of a wooden star um, pentagram. Yeah. With her oxygen supply depleted by the fire, she lost consciousness and had to be rescued by concerned onlookers. In Rhythm 10, she plunged a knife between the spread fingers of one hand. You know that game you play as a kid with like a butter knife? Yeah, yeah. She did it with... Or a marker if you're smart. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a sharp kitchen knife. Stopping only after she had cut herself 20 times, having made an audio recording of the action, she then played back the sound while repeating the movements, this time trying to coordinate new gashes with old. Yeesh. You, you, yeah. Using her dialogue with an audience as a source of energy, Abramovich created ritualistic performance pieces that were cathartic and liberating. Um, in Rhythm Zero, and this is the one that gets talked about the most, and I think yeah. that this is the most. I'm familiar with this one. Yeah, um, she invited audience members to do whatever they wanted to her, including using any of the 72 items she provided, pens, scissors, chains, axe, loaded pistol, and others. This essay and submission was played out to chilling conclusions. The performance ceased when audience members grew too aggressive. Um, and by too aggressive, they mean somebody, it pretty much ended with somebody pointing a gun at her head. Yeah. Um, what I read thing- is they, they pointed a gun at her head, cocked the hammer back, and yeah. someone fought them for control of the gun to not kill her because they thought this guy was going to actually kill her yeah for sure um that one i think about a lot but i feel like she rigged it so on the one hand it's a commentary on human nature right Mm -hmm. you you she promised everyone that no matter what they did they signed this thing um coming in that that no actions would be held against them they could do whatever they wanted um, with no legal consequences. Um, and so th- there's a commentary on human nature there of like what people will do if you remove consequences. It's but kind the of Lord other, of the Flies kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But the other thing is that she, of the 72 items on the table, only 10 of them were... Um, nice. Nice. Yeah, like right? roses so and stuff. She, yeah. she incredibly tipped the scales of suggestion... Mm-hmm. in a certain direction and even the nice things she had on the table were like a feather a rose it was still it was pointing. sexual right it was sexual it's, it's sadomasochism yeah. is what it is it's it's yes. all suggestive every single thing on that table from from sex to violence and that's exactly yes. where she wanted it to go 
it's like on the one hand you feel <clears throat> bad for her for what happened because a lot of bad things happened in that performance and on the other hand it's like you had to have been expecting all of that and i appreciate the point she made about human nature and i think that marina understands things about human nature that most christians will not acknowledge yeah yeah unfortunately that's true especially uh, like the kind of um th- th- which is not a christian view at all if you really read the bible but the right. idea that human nature is basically good and getting better kind of thing like the progressive idea of christianity it's like that's the opposite of of the mm-hmm. message in the bible right. uh, that we are fallen broken people in need of a savior yeah yeah so one more I want to show you is one where she, I want to show it very, very briefly and then get past it. Um, there is one art piece where she's completely naked and she carves a uh, pentagram into her stomach. Um, just this bloody pentagram. Um, very disturbing. Uh, now there's this, I've seen it in the, in the cover that's run on her that, it's like, oh, these aren't pentagrams. These are just, these are just five pointed stars. Like they're important to her for other reasons. And I'm like, first of all, there, it's you don't you don't carve a five pointed star on yourself. You carve a pentagram. Like that, that yeah. Those two things don't go go together. Look, they, <laughs> we're they weren't stupid. they weren't doing spells. They were just drawing five pointed stars in insult in between candles and chanting things like <laughs> right. i don't know what you you what are you're you seeing about? yeah you're seeing what you want to see guy like this isn't spells this isn't this isn't satanic magic yeah like she yeah. only nearly died <clears throat> in in a in a fiery pentagram star that she risked her life for but like it's just it's just art <laughs> it's just art you guys it, it, what's what's crazy is they actually literally want you to believe the people that have made their entire life about symbols as Marina Bromovich has right about art and symbols. Yeah. And the, the, those symbols don't mean anything. They're coincidental symbols like like her holding the lamb or, or the uh, I forgot the name of the statue or the pentagrams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if you don't like it, it's it's not what you think it is. It's her art clearly has power. It clearly mm. has power. It, it draws an incredible audience will talk at pretty length about like she has inspired elites around the world. Global elites like her work. There's something powerful about it. And what gives it its power is what she's doing because it's real. And I go back to her, her quote of like performance art is a knife and blood and acting is a fake knife and ketchup. It's she's telling you it's real. Mm-hmm. None of this is a joke. Um, she's not just acting something out for art. You, you said this has power, which which brings me to a point I wanted to make earlier about the rhythm zero. Is that what which one it was? Rhythm. Which one? The the one with the seventy two hours with the table of stuff. Right. That's rhythm oh, zero. Rhythm zero. Okay. Not only is it suggestive in the extreme when you really think about like how she which she knows and understands human psychology, right? Right. Not only is it suggestive, like I said, specifically to go from sexual thoughts where they're looking at roses and feathers and tearing your clothes off to knives and bats and guns, right? Right. Like it's sadomasochist psychology, right? Right. But she's bringing a lot of evil energy into this room. So when I'm thinking people are starting to hurt her more, I'm like, this is a room full of demonic activity. 
Right. Like, I don't think this any of like you said, you feel bad for a little, but like this is a woman who is using self-harm as a tool of magic as a power source. Right. Uh So it's like, yeah, it's hard for me to feel bad for, I guess. Right. Yeah. People pointed out in the chat that she looks really, really good for a 76 year old. And I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking or talking about that, but. Adrenochrome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Definitely think it could be adrenochrome. Definitely think yeah. it could just be the power of her own magic. Yeah. So, okay. Um, the most common one that we talk about is her piece called Spirit Cooking in 1997. Mm-hmm. This is when she got really, really famous. Um, she went into... Uh, she had a gallery all to herself and wrote on the walls in pig's blood. Um, and I'll just read what's here. Saliva of your lover mixed with morning dew collected from eucalyptus leaves. Cut with the knife deeply into the middle finger of your left hand. Eat the pain. Um, morning urine sprinkle over the nightmare dreams. Spirit cooking. Mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm milk. Drink of some of it is a little bit hard to read. It is a little hard to read, yeah. But you get the idea. Very witch spellbook. Everything about this is witch spellbook. She published a cookbook, um, a limited run cookbook, with uh, in conjunction with this, and it's still uh, on display at the... Um, where is it? I have it on screen, but this website will not let me zoom up more than that, so I apologize. <laughs> I can't, well, I can't remember. I think it's at the MoMA. It might be, I think it's at the MoMA, but. Okay. Um, it's, this is a lot of the same things. So uh, mix fresh breast milk. Sorry, mix, mix, <laughs> mix fresh milk from the breast with fresh milk of the sperm. Drink on earthquake nights on your knees. Clean the floor with your breath. Inhale the dust. Wash your bed sheets in lemon juice. Cover the pillow with sage leaves with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle finger of the left hand. Eat the pain. Facing the wall, eat nine red hot peppers. Take uncut 13 leaves of green cabbage with 13,000 grams of jealousy. Steam for a long time in deep iron pot till all water evaporates. Eat it just before attack. Fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams. So this is just one of the, the poems in her little cookbook. We used to be a proper country that when people wrote shit like that on the walls in blood, we would put them in insane asylums. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, Alistair Crowley had this thing called the cake of light, which was a perversion of the Eucharist. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like the same thing. It has a lot of like normal ingredients and then it's like semen and he cooks it in, he cooked it into this like wafer that's very much like the Eucharist wafers in the Catholic church and, and did it as a sort of um, like perverted Eucharist. So this, this thing she's doing is not new, right? Like she called it spirit cooking. She's the one who did that. But this idea of like using bodily fluids and some of the grossest bodily fluids and things as part of rituals and things has, has been the case for eons. Yeah, I want to say this real quick. I think I can't remember. Some people were saying that he said he called it spirit cooking in the book of the law, but I didn't go through and read the thing last night when I was just kind of researching some of this stuff. But uh, his his whole thing on that, the I'm sorry, what was it called? The cake of light wafer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
as he said, it was specifically a perversion of the Eucharist. It wasn't like, oh, maybe it is. He said it was. Right. And he said it's the most important ritual in any magician's day, that you have to do it every morning because it's a complete circle. And that's mm-hmm. why it's got all this power and stuff. So this idea of them very overtly taking Christian symbols and adding shit to them and adding semen to them and adding yeah. whatever is, yeah, it's it's for that exact purpose. Um, on a, a little bit of a lighter note, let's look at the Podesta email. So there are three <laughs> emails note. that leaked um, from Podesta's account. So John John Podesta was a, what, the Hillary's campaign manager, I think, yeah. right? Um, yeah, campaign chairman for Hillary Clinton. And his so brother is the one that owned Comet's Ping Pong, right? Is his brother? Uh, his brother was in, involved, but it... it um, right. It was, no, it he didn't guy. own it. It was a friend of theirs, but he... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm forgetting they're, that story They're all a involved bit. with Comet Ping Pong. They're all involved in it. Yeah, yeah. But... Because um, the guy and, who ran Comet Ping Pong was a chef for the Podestas. That's what it was. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, James Elefantis, is that... Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. We did we did an episode on Adrenochrome, but it's like in our deep past, like early season one. So we yeah. will probably do a, a new one at some point. But this okay, this first one is the phishing email that that got his account, and I bring it up just because it's it's from no reply at accounts.googlemail.com. Like obviously not an official Gmail address. Sure. Some, this is this is something that no prominent person in TC should ever have fallen for, but he did. Um, and it says some people just would have, your who have had tr- classes on OPSEC and things like that of like, hey, you know, right. don't don't fall for these obvious phishing attacks. Yeah, right. And and the email goes, someone just used your password to try to sign into your Google account, and it's redacted out. Details: Saturday, the nineteenth of March. Um. Gives the IP address, location, Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. So, Liz, he, Podesta believed that someone in Ukraine tried to hack into his Gmail. And I am wondering if the location Ukraine was so believable to him for reasons that he didn't even think to check where yeah. this email came from because it just checked out so completely. Yeah. Anyway, um, but here are a couple emails that linked regarding spirit cooking. So this is from Marina to Tony Podesta. Mm-hmm. Dear Tony, I'm so looking forward to the spirit cooking dinner at my place. Do you think you, um, do you think you, you will be able to let me know if your brother is joining? So this would have showed up in John's email probably because it was forwarded to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all my love Marina, clearly they're close. Um, and then the second one. Yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll save my thoughts. Go ahead. The second one is Marina wants you. Are are you in New York City Thursday, July 9th? Um, Marina wants you to come to dinner, Mary. Um, Mary. Mary. <laughs> and and who the, put a question mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> and the subject is forward dinner. So the other email was forwarded, and then and then this would would have been what was forwarded with it. And the context of this, real quick before your comment here, is Marina had a Kickstarter going at this time for her institute, which we're going to talk about more later. And Tony Podesta made a donation 
and one of the listed prize on the Kickstarter, which is no longer available, I can't show it to you, but one of the listed prizes for a large donation was for a spirit cooking dinner, which was to include a series of traditional soups. So she's emailing regarding the dinner that he won because he donated a large sum of money to her institute. So I've heard, I mean, we've covered a little bit of the spirit cooking stuff before Marina Abramovich and the Podestas and stuff like that. So like, I, I think we and most people listening to this already know how they feel about it. But the mainstream idea of this supposedly is that spirit cooking was a performance art piece that she did this one time. Right. You know what I mean? We're told that we're told. Yes. that It's so weird because they'll actually go as far as to gaslight into thinking these emails are not real even though they're 100% real and it was a whole thing, right? Yeah. Like nobody can honestly deny that these are real emails. So what the hell is she taught? Like if if we're supposed to believe the mainstream idea, this was just a performance art piece. It was just pig's blood. There's nothing weird going on. It's not satanic. What do you get over yourselves, right? Is what we're told. Yeah. She seems to be going to a lot of elites houses to have spirit cooking dinners, not spirit cooking performance art pieces. Right. And the excuse given here by her and others is like, this was just a joke. Like, <laughs> right, I, yeah. I'm just joking and making a reference to my art piece from 1997 because I, I joke about my art pieces from that long ago in 2015. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's the weakest defense ever. Yeah, for sure. Is, is but again, really- I just want to point out that the subject is dinner. So again, yeah. like. They're eating the thing like that's the thing I think everybody misses is they are doing some type of wafer of light or bread of light. They're, they're eating communion. Something. Yes, yeah. they're eating something for sure. <laughs> oh, I wanted to point out answered Sater said no more Tartaria. Gosh, no, please. No, <laughs> I've been trying to ignore your guys comments on Tartaria. I'm gaining my sanity back slowly. Uh, so it's, you know, there's three episodes. There's like eight hours of Tartaria on this, uh, on this channel at this point. So, you know, it's knock yourselves enough. out. That is quite enough. <laughs> okay. I think now is a good time for us to talk about our new merch that we launched in our shop this week. We did. And I'm just, <laughs> just thrown off a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so we have been launching new merch guys. So if you guys go to hawkhoundmedia.com slash conspiracy, you can check out things. You can get yourself a tinfoil hat. We've added a couple of seasonal candles. We got the Harvest Yeti and the Platypus Abduction scented candles. Yeah, go grab those. And uh, people in the Discord, again, this is another reason why you should join our Discord, is they've been asking for things. So one of the things people wanted was Hawaiian shirts. So we (laughs) we don't only have a black floral Hawaiian shirt with our logo on it. We have a blue dew-proof, D-E-W-proof Hawaiian shirt. Results not guaranteed. I just got to say that, guys. Uh, but <laughs> lots of lots of really cool stuff. New pins, hats. Uh, we've got this metal looking band T-shirt um, that is a personal favorite of mine. So, <laughs> so anyway, I just want to let you guys know we have new merch. You guys can go to hawkhoundmedia.com/slash/conspiracy and uh, check that out and support the show. So, I want to show you if you'll pull the page down. Yeah, yeah. Um, the candles. I love them so much. Um, the the Perry the platypus not Perry it's not Perry for for logo reasons <laughs> the platypus getting sucked into a um you really good what's going on I'm sorry understand. I'm trying I'm trying I was trying to highlight you and the whole program is like messing up go ahead and show it now I think you're oh, I think you're okay yeah my light is but yeah it smells amazing <laughs> it smells like 
like a, a kind of a spooky night where something's happening that's like that's a platypus getting abducted like a platypus being abducted and then this one is just very seasonal Ooh, very seasonal we've got a bigfoot sitting in a camp chair with a cup of north arrow coffee in his hand enjoying some sunset action and it's very fall scented uh, apple harvest and it smells really good I'm, I'm really happy with both of these and how they turned out awesome I like candles if you haven't <laughs> noticed by the fact that I burn one every single time. So it's fun to like have our own and not continue to buy. I probably will continue to buy. Yeah. This well, you're summer. kind of a can- you're kind of a candle fiend. So. I'm kind of a candle fiend. I don't burn them a ton outside of the show, but it, this is like my candle time. It's my it's candle, candle time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter candle time, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's get back into it. So we've already established that Marina is friends with the Podestas who were very connected in DC. So, you know, enough that, they're, that, that Tony is giving quite a lot of, you know, a significant amount of money to her, to her institute. He's, he's a friend. He's involved. She's not just like, loosely connected to these people they're they're close um but she has some other strange connections that i want to highlight so here's a photo of her with lord jacob rothschild in front of a painting that she owns oh she owns it i thought he owned it you know i i heard it was her okay. but i'm it's no, i believe you i just assumed it was yeah okay it, it is entirely possible because I had questions about why he was in her house. It's entirely possible the article just got it wrong. Um, it is. And uh, side note, at one point, I really want to cover stuff about the Rothschild's mansion because if this is in the Rothschild's mansion, if they got it wrong, this is the house where they filmed all like every time a Hollywood needs a mansion to do satanic sex stuff in for a movie, you know, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's just for a movie. Uh, it's the, it's literally filmed at their house, not a replica of their house at the actual Rothschild mansion. So I'm talking yeah. about eyes wide shut and the ninth gate, both filmed yeah. in Rothschild's mansion. Just pointing, throwing that out there. This, but, this, but they're not into satanic sex magic. <laughs> they just film it there for Hollywood. This painting behind them is called Satan summoning his legions and it's by Sir Thomas Lawrence. So at least it's subtle, you know, at least like. it's subtle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of subtle, here's a photo of her with James Franco, who she's done a significant amount of collaboration with. He is a, over. Overt Satanist, known Satanist, admitted Satanist. I didn't so, know that till you told me that, but the, yeah, that, that, nothing shocks me. Like the rest of them in Hollywood are just closet Satanists. Yeah, I think. exactly. He's he's like to Scientology. What Tom? I'm sorry. He's to Satanism. What? What? Tom Cruise is to Scientology. <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, here's one with her and Usher. Um, I believe you do, pronounced that wrong. I think it's Usher. Ursher. Yeah, there we go. Her and Ursher. And there's a lot of these photos of her at these big Hollywood parties, big, big parties where a whole bunch of elites, politicians and Hollywood people alike are at some in the UK, some here. Um, she's just in the mix. So I didn't want to bring up like a ton of photos of her with random people because you can like go to a party, take a photo of anyone day. and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't show friendship. But these are a couple of people that she's known to be friends with. But one of her most famous relate or her most famous relationship probably in Hollywood um, is Lady Gaga. Yeah, um, there are tons and tons of photos of her and Lady Gaga. Very close. Um, Lady Gaga is a student of hers. And I just want to kind of put forward an idea here that that 
is just worth thinking about. So we've we've did we did a unhinged episode on Lady Gaga and Lena Morgana and the whole thing. And so I'm not gonna sit here and like try to prove, but here's the, here's the claim that Lady Gaga and Lena Morgana were close friends. Um, they were making the same type of music, and then for the same manager for in the New same York. manager. Lena Morgana was doing better than Lady Gaga. And then suddenly in 2008, she dies by suicide, but it's very suspicious. And then Lady Gaga rises to stardom using Lena's exact brand and style and and everything. And and it seems to be one of the most clear cut cases of a Hollywood sacrifice that we have. It's There's, so it's so clear cut that our, our Katie Zed was on that episode and she doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And <laughs> at the end of the episode, she was like, okay, I think she was sacrificed. Was yeah. like, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Hollywood celebrities where you can kind of point to a, a loved one in their lives who died unexpectedly right before they rose to incredible fame. Kanye's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. But this is just one of the easiest ones to go. Wait a second. Um, pretty, we- pretty weird set of circumstances. But that happened in 2008 that Lena Morgana died. In 2010, just two years later, Lady Gaga first publicly stated that she appreciated Marina's work. And uh, they later met and their friendship publicly met and their friendship became stronger and and more public since then. And that timeline really makes me wonder for me, it's kind of a chicken or egg situation. Did she know Marina prior and is Marina the one who gave her the recipe for that, for that sacrifice? Or did she get into, did she do the dark sacrifice and having entered the dark magic world was drawn to Marina? Yeah, it, I, I tried to look up if there was any connections with Lady Gaga and uh, <clears throat> Marina Abramovich pre-2010. But the thing you have to realize is like back in those days, it was like there's home videos of Lady Gaga and uh, Lena Morgana, and that's about it. Like they weren't famous yeah. yet. So like right. it's really impossible to tell at this point. But yeah, I think it's I think it's either she did a sacrifice and was like, I want to I want to meet the master. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or she was influenced by her. I mean. Just saying that they met in 2010 doesn't really, it, yeah, it could be whatever. Um, yes. So, uh, I just got slightly thrown off. Marina has this thing called the Marina Abramovich method, which she does at her institute. And Lady Gaga did this method for three days and then put out a video of her doing it to market the Institute. And I wanted to show you, but nudity. So no, but it's oh. very <laughs> creepy, um, self deprivation, witchy stuff in the woods. Um, just a lot of really personal and really like s- self harmful type of rituals. Mm. Is that is that the one where the videos for afterwards, like coming out into public for the first time, she's like barely able to walk and everybody's like scared that she's going to It had something. I there was thought, some ritual. There was some ritual she did with Marina Abramovich where she walked onto a street and she was like barely able to stand and she looked drunk and out of it and like nobody could get a hold like nobody could 
get through Reach to her. Yeah. yeah. I saw that video, but I couldn't place it on the timeline. Same. I didn't know where it came from. People were just putting it on TikTok and I didn't know right. what it was. Like, yeah, come I didn't on know the guys. Content. I need some, some context. context it, it was yeah. clear that the, the video happened because it, it's, it's a interview where she just trails off in the interview and she's talking about a ritual with Marina where a lot of blood was drained from her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what she says. And then she completely shuts down while trying to describe it. And, and the interview ends and then she walks out to the street and she can, she can barely stand or acknowledge anybody, but yeah, I couldn't place it on the timeline. So I didn't bring it up to show you. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, she's a student of Marina's and this, um, Institute, I just want to show you the Institute's website cause it gives you an idea of some of the stuff. Um, just weird and creepy things that she's doing with young people ostensibly to teach them how to do performance art and just be better artists. Her whole philosophy seems to be like, if you do these rituals, you'll be better at your craft. You'll be able to kind of gather your power. Um, everyone's clothed in these pictures, but a lot of it um, was just, I had I saw a lot of naked bodies in my in your research, which was really gross. There's like there's different types of nudity, right? There's stuff that's like this is designed to be erotic, and then there's like this is designed to be so degrading to a human being, and and that's what all this stuff is. That's too. what this yeah. is, yeah. Like I've seen people joking, and I like oh you know nudity. And it's like yeah, you're not the kind you want to see. Trust me, this is like. Not gross and degrading and makes you hate the human body, which is yes. the point. Yes. 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 Really, really gross. Um, doesn't even matter how like objectively good looking some of the models are. It's like you just never want to see another day yeah, yeah. again yeah. in your life. Um, let's see. Did you so, want to play this video from the the her institute or from her institute oh sorry maybe i have the wrong video go ahead sorry no i don't yeah um i just wanted to discuss really quickly why she has all these relationships with the elites like why she does all this gross art this is the only (laughs) this is the only um her, her only claim to fame is that she does this incredibly gross artwork she doesn't do anything else Mm-hmm. Um, there's not like a, we like her for this and, and we just kind of ignore this weirdness over here. Like this is her whole thing. So why is she tight with, with the Rothschilds and the Podestas and Lady Gaga and like all of Hollywood and you, you like United Kingdom elites and Ukrainian elites? Like why is she tight with all the global elites? I, I want to know the answer to that question, but Swimhook just said both of you guys' search history must be super weird. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this would be the perfect time. We, this is why we need a VPN sponsor. So I could have just read that comment and plugged a VPN. Yeah, no, our search histories are, are messed up for sure. Yeah, really, really messed up. It's interesting with with searches on this. There were things I knew existed. And so I was searching for them and and you type Marina Abramovich and then any other search term. And there's like the same three articles will always. Yeah, be the top I noticed that, too, because they're 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 like, she's not a Satanist. She's just an artist mm-hmm. like she wants conspiracy theories to just leave her alone. <laughs> no, my my this has been OK. 
I know we're going to get into Ukraine stuff in a minute, but literally since the Ukraine, stuff, I won't step on your toes with this. Literally since the Ukraine stuff, DuckDuckGo took a stand to like be, you mm-hmm. know, pro Ukraine propaganda. And I've noticed literally since then, DuckDuckGo is no better than, than Google. No. I know some people are like, it's, oh, use DuckDuckGo. I'm like, I do. I use all of them. I try to like find things in whatever way yeah. I can. But when I was doing the research specifically for this, if I type Marina Abramovich and a ton of other stuff, like specific things, it was those three articles that Google wants you to read. Mm-hmm. It's the same that DuckDuckGo pushes on you because they're both they're both propaganda for the the elites, the the global order, what that Ukraine's becoming a part is a part of. Right. There yeah. was one search term I used, and I wish I could remember which what exact words it was, but it was the only one that actually gave me anything, and it gave me a bunch of hits that looked like they would be promising and every single one of them was blocked. Could not go to the website. Yeah. So that was weird. (laughs) There are subjects where we'll look at and you'll see the link and you know, it's the link you want and you click on it. It goes nowhere. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And uh, sometimes even way back machine won't, won't grab it for you. I have never had it be the case that a hit on the first page of Google Mm-hmm. was blocked. Weird. Oh, I, I have in the last few weeks. Really? Well, sorry, maybe not the last few weeks. Cause I've been, the Tartaria stuff wasn't as blocked as everybody tries to say it was. Right. Uh, what was it that I was looking into? It, might, it was the, uh, well, it was the real society stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So in, in 2020, um, Microsoft put out an ad for a mixed reality headset called HoloLens 2. So this is not virtual reality. It's mixed reality. So it's adding, things in augmented to, reality yeah yeah um let's watch it all right cool i have not seen this so i'm <laughs> i'm in boy. for a treat i guess oh boy Volume? i believe that oh. art of the future is art without objects this is just pure transmission of energy between the viewer and artist to me mixed reality is this answer This was a unique opportunity to take the most legendary artists working now and capture them in such a way that they are translatable forever. If you're a collector, you're trying to find works that break new ground. We here at Christie's believe that this is that. And it will be the first time that a mixed reality artwork is sold at auction. There was always a question what you buy when you buy performance. You buy the video or you buy the additional photographs. Here, you actually can have the artist's presence in your collection. The first thing that we had to figure out was you had to feel that you were in the room with Marina, not a document of Marina. HoloLens 2 was created by people who quite clearly have an interest in the audience forgetting that they are using technology. So the purest expression of artistic intent can happen. I really want viewer to be with me in the space and here and now. The life is dealing with what is going to stay after I'm not there anymore. And I can face myself. And that's a frightening experience. Really like you facing your own ghost. There is always this great idea of immortality. Once you die, the work will never die because the work of art can continue. In performance, the piece is only in the memory of the audience and nowhere else. Here, I am kept forever. Yeah, wow. Uh, (laughs) Can you play the first couple lines again that she says? Because she says something about 
how she f- sees the art of the future that I don't want us to miss. Okay. I believe that art of the future is art without objects. It's just pure transmission of energy between the uh. viewer and artist. See, this is the this is the third time, and I'm trying not to sound like broken record. This is the third time tonight I've seen her doing very overtly like Gnostic teachings, like this right. idea of being, you know, the whole the whole thing about behind her doing bodily harm stuff, making the body ugly, making the body gross, mm-hmm. uh, is, is the idea that she wants to be transmitted into some type of pure energy hologram type being, mm-hmm. right? Like this is like the whole Gnostic idea is is the the complete separation of body and spirit, which is not a Christian ideal, right? Yeah, the, the idea that art of the future would have no objects and would be just pure energy transfer between person mm-hmm. and person and that she sees her way to immortality being life inside of AI, basically. Yeah. Do people that create this like, OK, when I was a kid, I would watch movies and you'd always get that like first two minutes, like somebody's sitting in front of a TV. They're watching the commercial and it's like, here's the bad guys commercial. Right. Mm-hmm. And it felt like you could see it. And you're like, how do the people in this not know that those right. are the bad guys? <laughs> right. <laughs> but like the whole last year of doing this show, it was like we keep watching the videos, right. Of like, oh, these are the bad guys. <laughs> and it's not a, it's not a joke. It's not in a movie. Right. It's it's like it's real. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft did t- two videos with her. I didn't happen to find the second one. Um, they deleted both of them um, amidst the backlash of this. And it was like, you guys, 2015, like just in 2015, the, the last major backlash of her happened. Did you think in five years people completely forgot how absolutely dark and evil this person is? Like, did you really think that that using her as your like, it's like using Dylan Mulvaney. I was going to say, yeah, it's like that or it's like it's like trying to rehabilitate Jeffrey Epstein, because when people found out about these things like, oh, this is a satanic child abusing uh, freak show. And now we know who she is or or who he is. And it's like, why why rehabilitate that image? Because they need to. Mm hmm. I mean, they, they did what they did with Jeffrey Epstein, like either they kept him out of the spotlight or tried to rehabilitate his image, not after the 2017, right. whatever, but the 20, 2009 mm-hmm. uh, Florida court case where he was like completely convicted of everything that he was convicted with t- 10 years later. Right. But they were able to successfully kind of, you know, softly rehabilitate that person. And I, th- I think it has to do with um, the, the focus of that ad was that she could be present that you could have the artist present. Mm-hmm. Um, and her most recent big piece that she did is called The Artist is Present. And um, the piece was done at the MoMA and she had you, she had the entire MoMA for this. And you would you walked through the MoMA and you got to watch her students performing a bunch of her most famous pieces and then once you got to the top, you would go into a room with her and you could sit down at a table and she would just look at you. And people would just cry. Not today, Satan. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. But, but the whole idea, I think, with that piece, because she's nearing, I mean, she's 76, she knows she's nearing the end of her life. Um, and I think she's she's thinking about things like, how does my art live on when the entire power of my art is my presence. Um, mm. And so I think that that's why I could, I can see why 
Microsoft would see a, a, a incredible alignment of what they're trying to do with something that she values in this powerful thing. And somebody who likes her art would be like, yeah, <laughs> and completely forget that everybody else, all the normal people think she's evil. So let's just transfer my demon to the machine. That sounds like, a, yeah, <laughs> totally sounds like a good idea fine. for sure. Slight pivot. She did an interesting project in 2021. She built a Holocaust memorial in Ukraine uh, at Babin Yar, which is a ravine that's the site of a horrific massacre of Jews. So the thing, I want to be so clear here, the thing she's memorializing is worth <clears throat> memorializing. Right. My problem is not that it's being memorialized. It is what she did. So it's called the Crystal Wall of Crying. Um, I have a daytime picture and a nighttime picture to show you. And this is this is people at the wall. Um, that at, it's not quite night, but you can see that that as it gets darker, the crystals glow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. If they have some sort of light behind them, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. it looks but, like they probably just put some LEDs behind it or something. Um, but it is the the purpose is that people go to this wall and pray at the crystals to put the crystals to their head and 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 pray to them at them. Um, and I want to read from her from her website on on the crystal wall of crying. So this is this is a side page of her institute website, but it's about the crystal wall of crying. Um, and and this introductory paragraph says support the Babin Yar Holocaust Memorial humanitarian aid effort in Ukraine. The crystal wall of crying is Marina Abramovich's reflection on the tragedy of Babin Yar and the Holocaust. It symbolizes the terrible in- impact of mass murder on collective memory and the healing potential of focused reflection for future generations. The wall creates a special space where everyone can think, remember, reflect on the tragic events of the past and draw personal conclusions. Interaction with natural quartz quartz crystals seeks to heal the wounds of the past by reconnecting with individual body experiences. The crystal wall of crying is a symbolic extension of the Eastern wall of the temple of Jerusalem, which runs through Babin Yar. The crystal wall of crying is 40 meters long and three meters high and consists of anthracite and 75 quartz crystals. Visitors are invited to interact with the crystals and meditate. This is unbelievable. Wow. Evil. Yes. It, uh, can you explain? I'm sure some people don't get that, but will you, cause you get explained cause holy crap. Um, while I explain, will you go back to one of the images of, of yes. people praying at the wall? Yes. So the Eastern wall of the temple of Jerusalem is this, is this wall that's still standing of the temple. It's the last remaining piece of the outer wall of the temple that remains to this day. It's called the wailing wall. And Jewish people, this makes me really upset. Yes. Um, Jewish people go there to pray um, and to wail over the destruction of their temple and, and everything. Um, Right. Just, just to mourn their, their past and to cry out to God for restoration. Um, For Marina to say, this wall is an extension. Come pray at these crystals is such an uh, incredible, like, it's like a, see, it's like see a rape. I'm, it's, it's, y- yeah. and I say that very, I don't make that comparison lightly. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Like these people literally do fully understand the the symbolism. It's exactly not an accident as the media yes. try because what she's saying is this black quartz crystal version of this wall, right? This dark version of the mm -hmm. temple wall is my art piece, right? It's right. the subversion of of the yeah, wow. Of the she God of the Jews. This okay, I, I can't stress this is you're gonna be even more angry. <laughs> this is a site where many, many, many Jews were sacrificed to the same gods Marina worships. So the memorial she built, the memorial she built for them is drawing on the power of the sacrifice mm. to it's, it's, it's incredibly evil. I can't, I can't overstate it. It'd be like, yeah, for people who don't understand this, it'd be like if for me, like when I died, right? If you put up a satanic statue on top of my tomb. Right. Right. It'd and it like had like quartz crystals on it. And you were drawing energy, <laughs> like magical energy from my death into a satanic statue. Like that's what like, that would be. It'd be like if you were murdered by, by a satanic cult for satanic yeah. power. And, and then somebody built a memorial for you. <laughs> That was actually kind of like 9-11, though, if you think about it, it's kind of like they put a black cube on the site of 9-11 because the occultists killed 3000 people in America that day. It's it's yeah. So stuff pisses me off, dude. Yeah. So many. It's so evil. And and people will like it's so crazy to me that people could go to this website, read this, say, hey, this is this is my satanic version of the wailing wall built specifically for the Jews like that. That's such an insult. It's not funny. Yeah, it's um, wow. So who so she's an evil, terrible human. Like if we got yes. we made yes. that point, I think. Yeah, for sure. But this is this is her um, connection to Ukraine <clears throat> and this story from the telegraph went incredibly viral um, in the last couple weeks. And I'm just going to read a lot from it because I think there's a lot of revelation of the method in this article. That's it's important to like, there's a lot of information about Marina that's suppressed, but to me, the things that they allow to be said and that they say out loud are um, incredibly informative. Yeah. It's, it's like, it circles back around from a censorship to being like saying the exact thing that's true, but you have to like know how to this read is it. <laughs> this is the whole Robert Langdon view of of right. occultism, right? It, it's or what's whatever the author's name is, uh, Dan Brown's view. Yeah, and that is for people who didn't see that on Hinge episode. The idea is you you we don't want you to know because if you know, then you'll think poorly of these people. So what we want to do is we want to take the information, filter it, tell it back to you with a happy voice. Right. It, you know, it's like. It's like, look, if someone comes up to your door and says, hey, your mom died, you're going to be really sad. But if we come up to you and be like, hey, man, your mom is no longer living. Isn't that <laughs> wonderful? Like, that's what they want to do with this. Yeah. Stuff. They, yeah. they want to control the information. They'll still tell it to you, but they want to make sure that they can put whatever good spin and, and distort the truth enough to, to gaslight yeah. you into believing their way. Yes. So let's read this. Voldemir Zelensky. <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> Vol Voldemir. Voldemort Zelensky. When you said it first, I thought of Voldemort. I was like, I can't say that name. Voldemir. 
that guy. Zelensky has asked Marina Abramovich, the performance artist, to be an ambassador for Ukraine. Ms. Abramovich, a fierce critic of Vladimir Putin's illegal invasion, said the Ukraine pre- <laughs> Ukrainian U- president Ukrainian president had asked for her help in rebuilding schools. The 76-year-old Serbian is holding her first solo ex- exhibition in the UK and is the first female artist to have a major show in the main galleries of the Royal Academy of Arts in London. Visitors to the exhibition must squeeze between two nude models to enter the show or opt to bypass what one journalist dubbed the naked gates. This is not, I I saw this um, other story kind of going viral about this exhibition and the two nude models. She's been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, it's not news, but I was the first artist to support the Ukraine war against Russia and to give my voice. It is definitely a repetition of history. She said in an interview with the modern art museum in Shanghai. I have been invited by Zelensky to be an ambassador of Ukraine to help the children affected by rebuilding schools and such. She added, I have also been invited to be a board member of the Babinyar organization to continue to protect the memorial. The Holocaust Memorial Center to Jews murdered by Nazis in Ukraine was damaged by Russian missile attacks in March last year. Ms. Abramovich installed her work Crystal Wall of Crying at the Memorial Center in Kiev um, four months before... Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022, four months before. So she installed this incredibly evil thing four months before the invasion. I didn't realize it was that recent. Wow. Um, the wall, 40 meters long, three meters high, is made of coal and has large quartz crystal sticking out of it. Visitors can touch the installation, which mirrors the Western Wall in Jerusalem. It was not damaged in the missile strike, which killed five people and damaged a building. So the center for the memorial was damaged and five people died, but the wall itself wasn't damaged. Uh, Making the crystal wall of crying was just the first step in dealing with new history. Dealing with new history. What an Orwellian (laughs) turn of phrase that is. Yeah. And figuring out how to help heal our increasingly divided world, Ms. Abramovich <clears throat> said. The artist posted a video online days after Putin launched his unprovoked war. In it, she spoke about being born in the former Yugoslavia, which was once invaded by the Soviet Union and called Ukrainians proud, strong, and dignified. I have full solidarity with the Ukrainian people on this impossible day, she said in the video. An attack on Ukraine is an attack on all of us. It's an attack on humanity. It has to be stopped. Um Shortly after the invasion, Ms. Abramovich restaged one of her most famous performances. The artist is present to raise money for Ukraine. Uh, She was asked how she reconciled the transcendent nature of her work with the cruel realities of the modern world. I was like, bitch, please. Her work is about the cruel realities of the modern world. I was thinking that, too. I was like, that's another (laughs) backwards turn of phrase right there. Transcendent. It's degrading. Yeah. Skipping a couple lines here, Ms. Abramovich is just one of several celebrities to be recruited to help Kiev's public relations battle to ensure continued support for its struggle. Mark Hamill, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody cares. Um, it it no. seems like there's a couple people who have been, and we're going to talk about the second one that I know of, who have been asked to be ambassadors for Ukraine. Um, there's other like people that have been, like have done collaborations gone over there, done a press tour, done, done a thing, done a, um, a performance of their virtue like Mark Hamill. But as far as being asked to be an ambassador for Ukraine, so she's Serbian. She's not Ukrainian. So she's not a Ukrainian ambassador to America. 
She's not an American ambassador to Ukraine. She's an ambassador for Ukraine with a specific task of helping rebuild schools and helping children affected. This is not how ambassadors usually work. It's a weird word to be using. For whatever it is that he yeah, wants her to I was going to say, that doesn't sound like an ambassador at all in the, no. the definition of the word. It's very strange. And children, a lot of people were like, first, people would have been up in arms if, if, it, if he just picked her, right, to be ambassador. Yeah. But that it was involved with children was that much more like, what the fuck? The least child from this... You know, going back to the, the beginning of her story, right? Like this is a woman who was abused as a child mm-hmm. and led to believe certain things about the world and about art. Uh-huh. And therefore, in my opinion, I think pretty obviously started dabbling with demon, you know, started started right. becoming friends with demons in her closet, demon possession, the whole thing, right? This, this and the whole, like you have to sit down and, and have someone who's sexually perverse dancing and twerking and reading to children right. is the, when the whole movement is based on making sure that we per- give the the people who should never be around kids specific access to children, to specific access to children. You know, it's a, you know, it's an evil movement. Yeah. Cause you can make um, the argument. Okay. You know, she's not for kids. She's an adult. Let her have her thing. They say the same thing about the drag Queens or whatever, right. but then they're like force feeding children. This stuff. Yeah. It's so evil. She, this is a woman who had three abortions, not because she had any particular need to, but simply because she did not want children. Mm-hmm. Just didn't want them. So just killed them. Um, there's a photo we're going to share. Uh, the 2000 photo uh, entitled Vladka. Um, Vladka is just a name. Um, yeah. We blurred out part of it um, because it is my opinion that this is child porn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very available online. Um, she's holding up a female ch- uh, f- female baby, um, completely naked female baby, and pointing directly at this baby's privates. There's, I can't think of a single good excuse for this. There's like no way that this is... I, I don't I don't know how anyone can look at this and be like art. This is a public art piece, right? And we debated over showing it at all. And I said, it's so evil that I'll censor it. But I think people need to know right. how evil this lady is. But like there's there's a lot of times in the show where it's like I, we try not to be as gratuitous as other shows are. And I know sometimes we're probably not making the points we want to as well. Yeah. But when it came to the adrenochrome episode and a few other episodes, we've looked at art that is publicly available art publicly on Instagram, right. hanging up in celebrities' homes that is so grotesque, it it, it should be illegal, like fully illegal, it, fully like illegal. at all. People that are, have the art, like Ellen DeGeneres and the Podestas, as we pointed out in the, the, in the, the cook, I can't remember his name, but the guy who owns Comet Ping Pong, uh, Alphantes. These people should be arrested just for the art they have hanging in their right. homes and have publicly available on their Instagrams. I want to talk about this more thoroughly at the end of the show mm-hmm. and in the rumble section, but how much of what is being passed off as art? And it's like, it's okay because it's art. Like you have a visceral rea- reaction to it. You know, it's wrong, but it's okay mm-hmm. because it's art. Um, we've been allowing a ton of nudity in art for four years. And I think that there is a, 
There's a case to be made for There's artistic use of nudity, yeah. but it's not this. Certainly not. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit more later. But um, speaking of pedophilic themes and artists, um, let's talk about Demna Gvasalia. Show of hands, who remembers Demna? Because we've covered him before. I do. <laughs> this is the creative director of Balenciaga. Mm. If anyone remembers that whole shenanigan. Um, I can't. Uh, yeah, so we have a whole see. episode on it. If you guys yeah. haven't seen it or watched it yet, it, it, you should go back because it was within the few first weeks of the controversy. And I think even then so much was coming out at the time. We covered it really, really thoroughly. I remember doing right. uh, between the two of us. We researched the hell out of that one. Yeah. So there's a lot of information in that episode. Uh, Demna was also asked to be an ambassador of Ukraine, specifically an ambassador of United 24, which is a fundraising platform for Ukraine. Um, he is from Georgia, and I just want to show you Georgia on a map. Um, it is. It's the little yeah. green one, right? It's a little green one between Russia and Turkey on the Black Sea. So it's diff difficult to see, but. Again, like Serbia, it's it's one of these um, post-Soviet um, Union countries, post-communist countries that it doesn't border Ukraine, but I can see why there'd be some camaraderie between various people who have had these similar experiences right. in their culture. Now, Ukraine and Serbia don't have the best um, history. But I, I do understand why um, Zelensky would be maybe reaching out to celebrities of, of any of these countries. So um, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to do a quick recap of what, what the Balenciaga um, yeah. issue was. Uh, shoe on head. The YouTuber broke the story on. Uh, Twitter, she pointed out that their spring-summer 2023 collection um, that had just dropped uh, on their Instagram and all of their marketing was all kinds of, of pedophilic. It was, it was these, it was on the surface, it was kids holding teddy bears in bondage gear. And then you dug a little deeper and it got worse and worse and worse and worse where they are, the pages on the table are about a child porn um, Supreme Court, Court case. case. Yeah. And, and the books on the table are incredibly And the horrific. movie on the table was about adrenochrome and things like right. that. Yeah, horrific yeah. child porn stuff. Yeah. The whole thing was about pedophilia. Mm -hmm. um, very, very obviously so. Um, Shu broke the story. Natalie... Or how do, how do you pronounce like you, you'd have to go out of your way as the person who set up the photo shoot, the prop designer who they blamed, right? Yeah. To have knowledge of things that the rest of us didn't have knowledge of before this right. about a lot of deeply satanic pedophilic, like right. fringe dark web shit. Yeah. And then put it into an and advertisement with a child. In. Like I yeah, have was, questions was about not people. stuff lying around on accident, right? I have questions about people who just casually have this knowledge and yeah. then well, not now because I know well, why now, but you know, but right, do, like but 
Yeah, we know it because we researched what the hell these photos were. Yeah. But to well, just have known about, I can't remember the name of the movie, uh, but it was disgusting. It, yeah. Like even thinking about it, what I remember about it, it's just grossing me out. I chose not to even rewatch. I, I was going to rewatch to our rewatch show that on episode, it, and I yeah. was like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great. Marketing you asked for me for the show, notes, but... and I was like, "Yeah, you, you know, just read the notes. Exactly. You don't have to watch it." Yeah. This yeah. that was funny because I was like, I was, I did so much research for it. I I was convinced I did the show, and I could not find my notes. And I was like, "PJ, I can't find my notes." And you were like, "Cause it was my show." <laughs> we really co-researched the crap out of we that did. one, though. We don't yeah. usually do that, but yeah, yeah. So that story all broke November twentieth of twenty twenty two. Um, and that was months after Demna had been named ambassador. So um, from the official um, president of Ukraine, um, I'm not even going to read this whole article, but the announcement came from the president of Ukraine official website that, that the creative director of Balenciaga uh, was named the ambassador for, for this, for this thing. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know that they did that for marina but i think i just think it's interesting that from such an official source it was like we this guy is our ambassador right um ukraine which has for a long time been uh rumored to be the hub of child trafficking in the world right hires a guy who's pretty obviously involved in in, in pedophilic stuff if not trafficking and we set that up, I think, very, very well and, and back that up quite yeah. a bit in our in our episode. So, like, we're not mm-hmm. saying, trust me, bro, we're leaving out a bunch of supporting details because we've already covered it. Because you can go back and get the information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Demna's 2022 fall fashion show, um, he dedicated it to Ukraine. Um, and I just want to show you a couple pictures of it. Um, he went out of his way to... to all, all of Balenciaga's shows are insane and ugly and viscerally evil um and we talked about that a lot but this he used this building um where he could control the weather inside the glass and then everybody who saw the show could be in a warmer area um all the seats had these uh ukraine scarves on them and so the the catwalk was inside this glass and it was very very cold um it was very real that the models were walking around in the cold um carrying trash bags looking like refugees and that was the point was that he was making a point about refugees making a point about climate change making all sorts of these points so all that to say these are the similarities between both situations with Marina and Demna and Ukraine. You got to love the juxtaposition of support a war and be against climate change. <laughs> I know that's, that's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Um, two people were appointed to be ambassadors um, who were not from that country, um, but both from former Soviet Union countries both not politicians, but dark artists. And I, I use that turn of phrase very specifically, dark artists, because that's what they are, right? They do art and it's very dark. But I think it's interesting that all throughout history, we've been calling 
sorcery and all of that, the dark arts. The dark arts, yeah. I think there's so much baked into our language that we don't notice. Like mm-hmm. the dark arts, um, use the magic words. Um, uh, I, I made so many sacrifices for this thing that I wanted. Um, sacrificed so much for my children. Sacrificed. There's a lot in our language that's actually deeply bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, more similarities. Both of these dark artists dedicated shows and rituals um, in support of Ukraine um, prior to being appointed ambassadors. It's like they both did magic for Ukraine. And I think that that's why they were selected. They they were already signaling that they were willing to do dark magic on behalf of Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, I think, this, I think this stuff has been going on behind wars for centuries, and it's just one of those things that we try to pretend doesn't happen, that there's, that there's magicians, whatever you want to call them, sorcerers, that mm-hmm. are doing their rituals, you know, for for this side, for that side. I mean, we know this is true from like olden days, but just people like normies would look at this and be like, yeah, but you know, they were just, they, they didn't know what they were doing. It wasn't a real thing. Right. And I find it funny because even Christians will ignore the fact that like these sorcerers that were working for the Pharaoh, the Bible doesn't say that they didn't do sorcery. It didn't right. say they were fakes. Right. Yeah. In fact, it says the opposite. And, and it says the opposite about a lot of these magicians, including the witch of Endor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of sorcery and battles, let's let's talk a minute about the Azov Battalion. Oh, um, much has been made in the yeah. news of this uh, Ukrainian neo-Nazi battalion. It was founded in May of 2014 as an independent militia. It saw its first combat in 2014 in the Donbass region, and was very quickly incorporated into Ukraine's National Guard in November of 2014. Um, they have been accused of. War crimes, um, they, it's not like an empty thing that they're accused of being Nazi sympathizers and white supremacists. They're very open about what they believe and what they stand for. Hold on, hold on. Are you telling me, are you telling me that Nazis committed war crimes? Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I never I, yeah, couldn't couldn't imagine it. And a lot of this stuff, yeah. I just want to preface what I'm going to say about the Azov Battalion. We're in the middle of a war. And when you're in the middle of a war, um, there's propaganda on both <laughs> sides. And Russia is very interested in making it really, really clear that these, these guys are Nazis. I think that they are. I think that it's clear that they are. But I am also aware that Russia is going to be playing this up, potentially faking things saying there's war crimes when maybe there isn't everything with a grain of salt on both sides because that's how war propaganda works um but i just want to back up a little bit and talk about world war ii (laughs) can i just say something really quick though it's like yes okay here's the thing this is the unpopular opinion right is that you can look at someone like putin who's a gangster Mm -hmm. and you can look at someone like Zelensky, who's a world economic forum puppet uh-huh. And you can, guys, this is a possibility, believe both guys are bad. You, it's, it, you actually are allowed to believe this. Well, a little historical context here. There was a time where two countries in that region, one of them being Russia, fought each other. Yeah. 
It was in the 40s, a little conflict you might have heard of, and both were bad. Both were Both bad. were very bad. One side had Nazis and the other side was Russia. It, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> and both were bad. So, you know, yeah, no, but like, here's the thing I was going to say though, right? Is like, I 100% agree. Russia is doing all kinds of propaganda. You got to take it with a grain of salt. Ukraine is not helping themselves not by hiring Marina Abramovich and Demna and, and having an actual Azov battalion. And it's like, and what was the other one? We don't have chemical labs. Okay, we do, <laughs> but they're they're not doing anything bad, right? Right. Like, so yeah, I agree. Russia's definitely putting out propaganda, but Ukraine's not looking super good even they on their own. They are not helping themselves at they're all. They're not helping themselves. And yeah. I don't think they want to. No. So back in World War II, there was a man named Guido von List, and I did not pull a picture of him. I don't know why. He was an Austrian occultist. And he came up with the Armanen runes, Armanen runes in 1902 during an 11 month state of temporary blindness where he got super into the occult. He was inspired by older runes, but he reinvented them and changed their meanings and published the secret of the runes in 1906. Just have an image of the rune alphabet that he came up with. Um, We have, yeah, just a bunch of runes. I think you'll recognize a couple things on here, um, especially at the bottom. There's the sig. Um, I recognize the Bluetooth. Uh, the Bluetooth symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. I, wow. Okay. I could process that for later. Anyway. And then in this bottom corner, the um, the G or the wolf sang. So, this, these runes um, were used in a lot of Nazi um, branding and things. Um, it's it's like this guy invented their own version of occultism, and it was just used throughout all the Nazi ranks, particularly the SIGs. Um, this the SS was um, the two SIGs, and um, but a couple of these others were were also and and. The Azov Battalion is using these same runes. So I have an image of um, this main patch that they're using. Now, they're using several patches. Um, This is the most complete one that has all of the symbols on it. Um, And then other ones have like maybe just one of them. Um, But this is the most complete one. So whoever made this image is a leftist. So I'm going to take kind of with a grain of salt what what they're putting out here. Sure. But says A3OB at the top, which is um, as of somehow. Obviously, the blue and the yellow are, are the colors of the Ukrainian flag. Um, this thing at the bottom, this like trident looking thing is the coat of arms of Ukraine. But it's also kind of a trident. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> when I see tridents and water and uh-huh. countries that have been, can you know, Reported to be the the country of child trafficking in the world, I think of Epstein. Poseidon, my first, pops Poseidon. Up yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you were going there with this, but like, he, when I think of a country as human trafficking, and mm-hmm. then I see they have a Poseidon symbol, I'm like, oh, freaking course they do. Right. Because if for people who don't remember the the temple on Jeffrey Epstein's island was a temple to Poseidon. To Poseidon. And Holy I, I think shit. that so much of the slave trade um, happened in in boats. Um, it, like, for historically, it almost always has, right? Yeah, um, is is happening so, in boats, and it it seems that Poseidon is very um, 
involved in in the slavery stuff. I saw you sent me these photos yesterday, and I just noticed just the trident noticed there, and I yeah. made that connection. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, so yeah, it jumps out at me now. It's um, I need I probably I wish I had done a little bit more digging into the coat of arms of Ukraine because I don't want to be that that creator that's just like, "Well, this looks like um, this look this looks like a trident, so therefore it is." But I mean, it is a little on the nose with seems with like the it. water right there, and and then the trident. So yeah. But the, the main things people focus on with this are the wolf sang right there in the middle. It, it is a, um, it was an ancient Germanic rune. This is one that he didn't actually change. Like he made it into the G in his alphabet, but um, it was an ancient Germanic rune to ward off wolves. Um, it literally meant wolf trap. Okay. Um, and then Von List, Guido Von List made this black sun. Um, and it's just sigs all around. Um, it's, it's a, it's a sun made out of that, that sig symbol, which they were using to mean victory. It didn't always mean that, but that's what they chose it to mean in, 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 in their conception. Um, this same symbol is on the floor of that castle Wolfenstein. Castle, yeah. I mean, castle Wolfenstein's the fictional version. I, right. Vivelsburg, castle Vivelsburg. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was used. Um, in in a lot of Nazi symbolism, and it's because it is thought to be um, like I think it's three, it's three or six. I think it's three um, swastikas on top of each other, kind of like it's used when by people who want to use that symbol when that symbol's not allowed. So it's like a sneaky way of using. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this it has the same meaning as the swastika essentially. It's right. just that the the lay person probably doesn't know what the black sun is. Right. Yeah. Um and and this idea of a sun rune or even the black sun is is also got a a long history and I c- I could do I'm not a symbologist so I, I there's there's a lot of interesting stuff here but I didn't want to <clears> like give you bad information so I didn't go super far down this rabbit hole but I do want to talk about the swastika for a minute. Um, it, the swastika is an ancient rune that you can find all over the world. It's not mm-hmm. something we really talk about, but it's been found all over ancient Rome, ancient Europe, ancient India, Africa, even as far as Japan and the Americas. Did you want me to pull um, up that picture? Or are these out of order? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I got ahead of myself. Yeah, I think you have a photo of... I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, you can go back just a, a second because I'll hit the ones I, I missed real quick. Um, okay. Yeah, I had yeah, a yeah. photo about- of, of the patch on a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not just making stuff up. Um, but then another version of the patch that Wikipedia lists as the main patch where the, the, the more, the more damning sun isn't here. It's just the sig. I'm sorry, just the wolf sang and it, it just looks a little tamer. <laughs> And I, I was saying to Abby before the show, I think that this is very intentional from Wikipedia to make sure to use this version because people who aren't familiar with symbols at all are going to see the black sun and see that, see these other symbols right. in the, the Azov battalion right. patch that many, probably most, as far as I've known, as far as the pictures I've seen are wearing instead of this kind of tamer version, right. which is like wolf's trap. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound so bad. Right. It leaves out the Nazi symbolism, but why, you know, to push, like, obviously you're not making an excuse for it, but for somebody who is saying, well, they're just using the wolf saying, this is a, this is a ancient, very tame rune. 
right, why yeah. is a Ukrainian um, battalion using a Germanic rune that was last used by Nazis uh, in World War II? That's right. a big question mark. I think that so. mo- I think I would just say like everybody knows the swastika. Yes. Oh, any hist- any person who's interested in history probably knows about the Black Sun. Right. But almost nobody knows a wolf saying. Right. That, that would be why fair. I think exact. That's my take on why Wikipedia is kind of playing, you know, hiding like a bit. This, yeah. 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 I did get ahead of myself, but yes. Okay. We can go to that photo of the Heliopolis in Lebanon mm-hmm. where you can see the swastikas here on this um, carving. Just anything that was a Roman building, you could potentially find it. It was, it was everywhere. Um, the symbol's also a, an important part of Hinduism to this day, but they use the reverse of it um, to symbolize the movement of the sun. The reversed version for them is a symbol of night and of the goddess Kali, who's the goddess of time and destruction and death. Her titles include Divine Mother and Mother of the Universe. This is my favorite, right? We're told by the the Raelians and others, like the swastika rehabilitation people, right? Yeah. That, uh, you know, the, the Nazis made it a bad symbol. It only used to be the symbol for, like, the mother of death. <laughs> yeah. Death and destruction. And- death and destruction. Come on, guys. Don't pervert our wonderful, peaceful symbols of the uh, six-armed bitch goddess that... Uh, yeah. Is ripping a man's intestines out in this picture if you're watching live. Yeah. And um, the guy underneath her, that's <clears throat> Shiva. Oh, that's Shiva. Okay. And she's got heads all around her as a necklace. She's, For people yeah. who are listening, she's got, you know, swords and bloody hands and snakes and heads. It, it's very violent. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me because Shiva is like the Hindu Apollyon, right? Yeah. And this bitch is so bad and dark that she's trampling on a polyon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's who we're dealing with here. Peaceful symbol. Peaceful symbol. Peaceful, peaceful symbol. Um, and, and I try to look into, like, what it meant in other places other than in Hinduism. And it just seems to have kind of a vague suggested meaning in, in each place. Um, it, and you'd have to talk to symbologists about this. But I get the idea that, that the, the true meaning of the symbol has been largely lost to history. I was told in my high school history class that it was a symbol of peace before it was used by the Nazis. Mm. I've never found anything to back that up. But like, that's what I was told. Yeah. I think a lot of people were. Yeah. And maybe in, in Rome, and, it, who it knows? was, maybe it would, but like the modern day, we know what it means now, right? Like that's right. The, the important part. I think I don't believe in rehabilitating. <laughs> I, I understand why, this is this is a whole conversation, but like I understand why people fly the Confederate flag. I don't think we should, because yeah. ultimately it became a symbol of slavery and supporting slavery. And no matter how much you try to say no, 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 this is about freedom. What it became was about freedom to do slavery, and so flying the flying the Gadsden flag. I think is I think there's other ways to communicate the same thing that you want to communicate. Other mm-hmm. than using what be- might not always have been, but definitely became an evil symbol. And I don't think that it's about like, oh, this hurts people's feelings. I don't give a shit. But symbols do have power at some point. Right. Especially when they're connected with incredible evil. Yeah. So that's just my op- opinion on 
the, the, <laughs> the attempt to rehabilitate symbols. Um, we do have an image of the swastika on Asaf Battalion helmets. I've just, I've been a little careful about some of these like swastika Azov Battalion pictures because I, I just have questions about like, is this real or is this Russian propaganda? Is this one guy in the entire battalion? <laughs> uh, still. I don't care. It's still, like, your unit commander, your, you know, whatever. Your, your team association lead, is. Somebody should have, you know. If, if it wasn't acceptable, they wouldn't let you wear the symbol. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but the point I want to make is this group of people, the Azov Battalion, are not just Nazi sympathizers in the sense that they're radical nationalists and white supremacists. They are, but it goes so much deeper. They're, they're tapping into the same occult stuff as the Nazis were. And I think that that's the more, the more important thing. Can I, can I pause you really quickly? Because I think I thought you misspoke earlier and I kind of glossed over. Well, you said the, the, Gads, the Gadsden flag. Oh, Re- I'm sorry. That's Revolutionary War. And I, I, I like the Gadsden flag. Yes, I knew yes. you did. And people okay. in the chat were and I, I it, we were talking about so many things. I forgot to say something at the time. Right. But yeah, I knew that you misspoke. So what is what is the because there's another name for the Confederate flag. And I was it's not the Gadsden flag. It's a Revolutionary War one. Yeah, the Gadsden flag is the don't no step on snake flag. Which yeah, I, no I step really on snake. Like. Yeah, that one. Which that's the one I was thinking of when I'm like, th- there's a um, there's a thing you want to communicate when you fly the Confederate flag. Yes, and the Gadsden flag is a really good way to communicate. Is a better way of communicating thing. it for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. So I apologize. I noticed yes, people I in chat being like, "Whoa, that, we like that flag." We, <laughs> we, like we that do flag. too. Sorry, I'm, I'm just sorry. yeah. What's no. the other name for the Confederate flag? <sighs> now I'm like, now I gotta know. I can't think of it off the top of my head. There is another. It's well, it's the um, was South Carolina's battle flag, right? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, it's been associated with the whole South, but it came from like one state essentially. Yeah, I stars and bars. I I thought that it had another. The it Bonnie prob- Blue. I don't know. Who, who knows? It's got a lot. Yeah, of names. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out why sometimes I make a mistake. No, I just wanted to correct that before people were like writing in the comments like what the the hell? How dare you? Yeah, Yeah. no, sometimes I make a mistake and I'm like, I need to understand why I made that mistake so that I yeah can like re 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 rewire my path rebel flag. Somebody says rebel flag, but I don't think that's what you meant. There's like another more another name for it. Um, anyway, let's talk about the real society because we have we have the Azov Battalion tapping into this same occult stuff as 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 World War II Germany did, and the heart of the Vril Society, like they, they were the occult heart of the Nazi Party. So we covered them on the a, Nazi a UFO episode. Yeah. yeah, like it wasn't briefly. We we covered them a good bit in our episode on Nazi UFOs, but I think that there's so much more to them that, that they do deserve their own episode at some point. Um, this is a female-based secret society. Usually, the secret societies are male, but this one happened happens to be female. Um, and their whole thing was like talking to Pleiadians, and seems to be the source of the idea that blonde hair, blue-eyed beings are superior. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be a way that they got technology and ideas. And um, there's there's this whole denial that the society ever existed, which is super weird because there's a ton of documentation for them. They're, they're very well documented historical the, fact, yeah. but it also for something that's denied gets referenced in Hollywood kind of a lot as if it's 
as if it's real. And I was, I was working on my research for this show. I knew I wanted to talk about the Royal Society briefly. And my husband was like, do you want to watch Amsterdam? And I'm like, sure. Um, sounds good. It came out in 2022. Um, star studded uh, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie. It's a very loose retelling of the business plot of 1933, which was a plot to oust FDR and install a mil- military dictator, which is <laughs> which I is an episode do. we've talked about wanting to do on this show before. I didn't know that's what yeah. this was about. I've been wanting to watch this movie just because it looked interesting. Yeah. Now I really got to watch it. So this when this scene played, I just I just like the scene yeah, yeah. played and my jaw dropped and I was like, what? And then I made. Well, you said it to me and my jaw dropped. Yeah, I, I made John rewind so I could catch it. So let's play it for you at least once. I want to know more about. Oh, my gosh. What's going on with my audio? Hold on. Can you hear that? I can hear it, but. Let me. Sorry. Yeah. It's not, it, I mean, I took it. On let me my just own let me. You know, let me just turn TV, it way up. So. It's all good. Yeah. I, it sounded so odd that I thought it was coming through my speakers, which oh, means it wasn't coming yeah. through my um, headphones, which is where all my audio, yeah, my board and all. Anyway, sorry. Came from, but I want to know more about this. I would love to have the chemical compound. When I get together with my sisters at the Brill Society, we hold a seance where we let our hair down and wax as a kind of antenna. It allows us to communicate with the greater race. It, honestly, they come from a different galaxy. It's truly fascinating. <laughs> okay so if you if you missed it she's like when i get together with my sisters at the real society we hold a seance and we talk to these <laughs> beings from the greater race honestly they're from another galaxy and we and she even talked about the antenna hair thing yeah yeah um so overt yeah it's so it's so wild because you you said it earlier like when when i went to look into the real society stuff i was like okay i'm watching video older videos of people talking about this sharing websites and articles and history books and i could i found one snippet from a history book where the text was barely legible but you could see it was from a history book and it was said the real society and then the year and all this stuff. And then you could watch the videos of people talking about it if they were made pre 2010, like old, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe not, maybe not pre 2010, but like early YouTube stuff. Right. Uh, and the websites they were showing weren't there anymore, including Wikipedia, including like historic, like yeah, historical, websites, like legitimate websites, not just conspiracy websites. And the, I'm sorry, I say legitimate, but you know, right. like mainstream would consider legitimate, right? Like mm-hmm. not crackpot stuff. But like, yeah, they're just scrubbing it. And it's so op- openly that they're scrubbing it. And now the story is that the real society never existed. It, it's one of those. We, I know we've talked a lot lately about like how I don't think all history is fake. There are times where you can really see them where they scrubbing. Pick a thing. Yeah, yeah, they pick a they're... thing that they want to get rid of and they can do pretty good at getting rid of a lot of it. And they, they've tried with the real society, especially when it's a difficult thing to believe already. Like that's yes. an easy thing to be like, ah, oh, sounds fake. Yeah. But but then Hollywood is like. But it's real, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to talk about that movie more when I cover the business plot, and I'm probably going to cover the business plot soon because it's on my mind. I hope so. I hope so. Because uh, I, I think that was when we started the show, it was one of the early ones I said I really wanted to do at some point. Yeah. So now I th- feel like we got to. 
It's got ties to the Bush family. Oh, it man. does. It's, it's got. It's got. It's got aliens. It's got everything. It's such a. <laughs> it's such a freaking interesting part of history. Yeah. Um, not something we talk about much at all. You'd think that's the sort of thing that like would definitely be in history books as like a, a cautionary tip. No, didn't remember. Cause it's not even like it, in history. It, it's a thing that everybody knows. It's not like one of those things where like, Oh, that never happened. You conspiracy theory. It's a thing that really did yeah. happen is documented and people know it happened. They just don't want to tell you <laughs> about, talk it. about it. Sorry. Anyway, we won't keep talking. We'll do an episode on it soon, but anyway, yeah. keep going. So my conclusion from all this is that Zelensky seems really keen to ally with the occult, with the dark arts, um, to tap into all those things that Nazi Germany was tapping into. Um, a radicalized group of, I mean, even the origins of the Azov Battalion, I could go so much farther into how they, they purposely recruited people who were already very radical and very mm-hmm. angry. Um, they purposely recruited what's called the ultras, um, which would be um, very, um, what's the word, over-the-top, obnoxious sports supporters, um, football fans who would like use flares and just get really, really rowdy and kind of violent at games. They purposely recruited those people, those types of people for the Azov Battalion. Um, so I don't think it's like, they they want to portray it like the Azov Battalion just existed and it's like kind of unfortunate, but the timing was like such that instead of eradicating them like they should have, they really needed them to fight on their side. So they're like, I guess you guys can be Nazis. That's fine. We really need the help. Yeah. American money is funding this battalion. For yeah. a while, we had a measure in Congress that was like, we're going to send money to Ukraine, but none of it can go to the Azov Battalion because Nazis bad. And then they got rid how, of it. Sorry. I just, when anytime there's a law like that, it, it, it the stupidity of it annoys yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So like, let's put it this money. way. Yeah. Let's put it this way. I'm going to give you cash money, Abby, but you can't spend it on drugs, right? Mm, yeah. So, so the money that you have in your pocket, you can spend that on drugs. And now you don't have to spend that yeah. on groceries. So I'm funding your drug hat. It's such a stupid, like how people don't understand how money works. (laughs) Like in the most basic, like elementary kindergarten sense of like you give someone money that now they don't have to buy something else and they have extra money to buy the thing you don't want them to buy. It's such a, I'm sorry. It's it's so stupid. Um, I actually want to show this, but I have it in the rumble section. I want to show it to you now and then we'll talk about it more later. But this other big news story from the past couple weeks was where the Canadian Parliament applauded a a literal Nazi veteran, not a neo Nazi, a, a a man who not not a, a Clarence actually, Thomas or something, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, a man who actually fought with the Nazis in World War II, and and what I heard a lot in the conversation about this was like, oh, stupid Trudeau, what a hypocrite didn't do his research on this guy. This parliament gave him a standing ovation. Um, and, and they were like, we had no idea he was a Nazi and no one, no one was talking about the fact that the reason the Canadian Parliament, like the reason the Canadian parliament applauded this guy was because Zelensky brought him as yeah. his guest and introduced him as a war veteran of world war two. That's why they applauded him. Because they trusted Zelensky. I mean, I still blame Trudeau, but yeah, it's yes. both. It's both. For sh- it's a both it's, and it's thing. It's both. 
Yeah. If if a world leader from another country that I'm like allied with and sending money to brought someone in and said this is a World War II veteran, I wouldn't ask what side. I wouldn't <laughs> think I have to ask what side. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. But with Zelensky, you definitely should ask what side because it's clear who he's aligned. allying with allying with and i think that this really like nobody talked about it but it really cuts against this idea that he's just begrudgingly allowing the azov battalion to help because he's desperate yeah if he's actively bringing this man um with him as a guest like what um it's it's clear who he's aligning with and I wanted to, this is a the point I've made before, and I just want to make it again. The Nazis weren't evil because they were racist. They were racist because they were evil. They didn't entertain racist thoughts and then trip and fall into a Holocaust. And this is the way that the left likes to present this, right? That Like, if you're racist, you're basically a Nazi, and you're just going to, like, accidentally start doing Holocaust. Um, and that's not what happened. They... First, through the Vril Society, got into the occult, and that is what led them into such a dark hatred of God's chosen people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the ideas dating back to Helena Blavatsky that they brought in were that the Jews were lizard people and the Pleiadians, the white-haired, blonde-eyed yeah. space creatures, were the master race. And that goes, again, back to letters that Helena Blavatsky wrote between her and some Indian uh, Hindu or some Indian priest or something. I don't know what he was, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I think it's an important distinction to make, right? Is that there is a deeper evil behind, behind the racism, right? The racism and the racism is bad, but it's not bad, but it's not like, it's like you said, it's not like they were just racist and then stumbled into a Holocaust and and, and all this stuff. They were deeply occult and evil before the racism. (laughs) I think that what happens one is was this, born out of the other, right? Yeah, we have this. We see this bad thing that we can get our heads around. We say racism bad, and we can get our heads around this, and we say the Nazis were evil because they were racist, and and we make it all about that. And I think it's something people can hold in their heads, and they can fight racism in in their daily lives, and it's manageable, right? Um, and the evil was so much deeper and darker and more pervasive. Um, in service of dark, incredibly powerful <laughs> beings. And that's something people do not want to talk about or acknowledge. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is this idea of the racism being at fault of everything runs cover for the actual bad th- stuff that was happening. Because there's a reason um, that that Hitler went after the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, because the demonic beings he was talking to hated the Jews more than anybody else and passed their hatred to him. So yeah. And so it's clear who Zelensky's aligned with allied with and our American elites are dumping money into Ukraine. Like, like they're desperate to keep the country afloat and, and why? Um, And I, it would be a whole different show, but it just seems to be that a lot of corruption and human trafficking 
and possibly occult stuff has been outsourced to Ukraine. And Chemical really, weapons really labs and everything. It seems like it, it's their. It, I I've said from the beginning of this war that Ukraine is the elite's playground. It's where they mm. can get out. They can get outside of the laws where where uh, Fauci can go and torture beagles with fleas and shit like mm. that. Right. And they can get away with any of it because we have spent so much money on this country that we basically own them. The, the West, I don't even just mean America, but like the, the UN, America, the, the whole global order, the world economic forum, whoever mm-hmm. owns this country for their playground to do every illegal thing that they could possibly think of. It's their new, in a lot of ways, it seems like it's their Jeffrey Epstein's Island. You know, you know what I mean? As a, I, as a whole country. Yeah, as a whole country. And again, they, they, I just, I know I don't have to cl- clarify this, but I will anyway. It's not that it's not the Ukrainian people that any of us have a problem with that are saying, I don't really trust Zelensky and the elites here. Um, But, you know, stupid people, dishonest people will make it out to be that. But yeah, then you could say the same thing about the the normal average Russian citizen and they will be like, whoa, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So So let us end this portion and then we'll go over to Rumble and we'll talk about everything because I think that there's just a lot to discuss here. All right, absolutely. So if you guys are watching right now on YouTube or on Facebook, or if you're listening to this, come over to Rumble. We're going to be shutting down YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. We're going to be talking to people on Rumble and Odyssey and Locals, all the free speech platforms. Uh, You guys can also come over to conspiracypill.locals.com if you're an audio listener and you want to listen to the whole part where we talk with the audience and get into some other stuff. Sometimes that part of the show is the best part of the show, in my opinion. Uh, Before we do that, we have a five-star review to read from Huskins2022. That says, I'm sorry, my computer keeps beeping. I keep forgetting to mute that. Uh, Huskins 2022 says, the best. I love PJ and Abby so much. I love that they read uh, right out of the Bible. Also, the Rumble channel is fire, and I highly recommend following them there. So there you go. You got us telling you to follow us on Rumble. You got Huskins 2022 with that nice five-star review. So come over, follow us there.